right, so you're telling me that we take the toilet off, <laughs> and then we put a towel in there so we don't smell the poopy yeah. coming up from there. Uh-huh. And then you're going to, like, replace all the flooring around there. Yep. And then we take the towel out. Yeah. And then we put, like, a new wax thing on there and put the toilet back on. Yeah. And that's it. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm I'm a little uh, intimidated by this. Yeah. We've never done this before, no. so I want to make sure we do it right. We've never really messed with plumbing besides, like, new faucets in the kitchen. And that, Which that was, is like, easy. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... We'll just have to see. We just let's hope that like my ambition to renovate that bathroom doesn't turn into a, a big project before we sell this house. I don't think it will. I mean, we even looked into it, and like, even if the the flange that the toilet sits on is cracked, we just we buy a new flange. We replace it. I, It'll I be fine. That's probably simple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's yep. fine. It'll be great. Oh, what are we doing? Welcome to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. This is the podcast where a married couple do the minimal amount of research on a certain topic, and they have fun doing it, and they love each other. Yeah. And this <laughs> that, month... That they is we. Uh, this month is Mom Month. Yep. Mom Month. Okay, MILF, MILF month. month. Y'all know. It's MILF Month, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do we have? Like, two weeks left? This week, Ish. next week? That might be it. No, we go, and then there's Monday, so I think we're gonna, I think we've got this Monday, next Monday, and the Monday after. Oh, yeah, so Monday it's after like Memorial is like the 31st, right? Yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, we're uh, cruising along, and yeah, we're gonna do another uh, watch along uh, last Wednesday of this month. Which is the 26th. Yeah, we haven't decided what we're gonna do yet. Nope. It'll, it'll be fun, though, I bet. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be fun and less gross than jackass. Uh-huh. But, uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So I know what you've been up to. Yeah. Which is a lot of very productive stuff because you're the queen of the house and you just, you keep the trains on time. Well, and I'm, I still, like, it amazes me how tired I get just from packing boxes. Yeah. And yeah. doing little odd-end jobs around the house. Yeah, so we are in the process of getting our house ready to list, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna move, uh, gonna move a little closer to some family, and yep. uh, uh, get to our son into a different uh, school, school district. district. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to a change. Um, so, yeah, Amber's. I've just been trying to like keep up, but you put together a garage sale we did this past weekend. You've been, mm-hmm. you know, getting things uh, ready, um, and then. Uh, early June, we're having uh, my mom and stepdad come out, and we're having friends come over, and we're going to paint the outside of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to... Do painting inside the house, mm-hmm. odd-end jobs, mm-hmm. patching holes, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, just getting there to look like a model home, mm-hmm. or as close to as possible. Yeah. Yeah, so... <sighs> I'm excited, but yeah. it's, it's a daunting task, for sure. Yeah, it'll be good. I think that, I mean, again, you've been phenomenal at kind of getting ahead of stuff so i think that weekend you know we'll we'll do work yeah but i also think it's going to be kind of fun and uh yeah get together with friends and family and do a Mm -hmm. little bit of work and then have some pizza and beer and um yeah and then we'll be ready to get this bad boy on the market yeah yeah that's it's daddy's time to shine that's where i step in (laughs) until you get your license and then that's where mommy steps in and i 
retire. <laughs> not I mean, hopefully not. Fish every day because you're bringing in like 60 transactions a year. Oh, well, that, that's a big goal to give me, but <laughs> we'll see what I can do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I finished uh, Better Call Saul mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so it was four seasons. I think they're going to release the fifth one soon. Um, is that the official final season as far as you know? As far as I know. Mm, cool. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, that because I, the way that they ended season four, I don't know how much farther they can take it. Really? Without getting into the Breaking Bad stuff. Okay. Because like this last episode and well, well, it's not really a spoiler. Um, so Better Call Saul, uh, you know, it's uh, Jimmy McGill is his legal name, and it tells talks about his story. He's like the lawyer of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, and so this last episode, it kind of ended with him. So you know, he got his uh, his um, uh, license license taken away mm-hmm. for a year, and so he was able to kind of like talk to the board and and say, you know, this is the reason why this is what I've been doing this past year. This is what the law means to me, and this is why I need my my license reinstated okay um so he kind of had his chance to say his piece and hope that they give it back to him but they mm. could also de- deny him too and they denied him the first time Ooh. Uh, because they thought that his reasonings for wanting the license were like insincere because i guess he he thought he did pretty good throughout the whole interview except for the last question a woman was like what does the law mean to you and it kind of threw him for a loop because mm-hmm. i think he doesn't mm-hmm. really like the kind of the the bad guy in him is starting to kind of surface. Okay. Slipping Jimmy is what he used to be called, and so he's kind of coming back to the surface of hmm. um, how he can cut corners and get ahead without doing the traditional stuff and maybe more like not law abiding yeah. stuff. So, um, yeah, that kind of slipped him up, and so they denied him, and he got really upset about it. And then they had this big plan, uh, him and his girlfriend, that they were gonna kind of do things and. Um, in a way to uh, show the board that he's like he's a changed man and he can you know uh, do this mm-hmm. so he like I think bought a memorial reading area in this college uh, dedicated to his uh, brother who passed away the year before um, and just kind of putting on a front like oh I'm this big you know, sweet guy. And like, so the word would get around to the board that he's a changed guy. Mm. Um, and so he basically, you know, was able to appeal it and, and talk to the board again. And at the end it was like, you know, his girlfriend is sitting there, um, watching him and you can kind of feel more a sincere, like almost apology and just really tugging on your heartstrings. He talked about his brother and how he means to him and how he, you know, could, uh, wants to, try to be uh this great guy that his brother was but he knows that he never will be mm-hmm. um and so it was like oh was, you know hopefully he's finally getting it like you know um so they they leave and jimmy's like on cloud nine he's like that could not have gone any better you know and his girlfriend's like yeah i know that was amazing like i can't you know believe that you were doing such a great job in there and he's like oh man and these suckers just like completely ate up every word i said and heard the look on her face was like oh so you really didn't learn anything oh wow like slipping jimmy that was all him mm. in there and uh so you can tell that she's uh kind of getting to know who the guy that he's turning out to be yeah isn't really who she thought he was hmm. so and I, basically a, a gal comes out of the the room and is like you know yeah you know we you're reinstated and He's like, okay, great, you know. And she's like, I've got some paperwork, you know, ready for you. And 
he goes to to walk with her and he's like, oh, but I don't want to use uh, James McGill anymore. I've got a new name. And so you you get that it's going to be Saul Goodman. And he's turning into Slippin' Jimmy Saul Goodman. Slippin' Saul. Slippin' Saul. Hmm. Yeah, so it's... uh, it, so it, it ended well, so I'm, I'm curious to know what season five is going to bring, if it's just going to be a little bit more, like, him dealing with, like, tough guys and the end of a relationship or what, but mm-hmm. uh, it's really, really good. I just, like, you know, I flew through that within two weeks. You sure did. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I'm really interested in uh, getting into even more of Bob Odenkirk's career, because mm-hmm. I, I know him from... Uh, uh, I believe it was Bob and David, the HBO sketch comedy series that they did. Oh, I don't um, think I know any of that. I think I'm getting that title wrong. I'm sure I am. But uh, uh, yeah, it was Bob Odenkirk and David Cross had a very influential uh, HBO sketch series that ran for like three seasons. I've actually got the DVDs. Oh, interesting. Um, and they had a ton of really, a uh, ton of people that went on to do amazing things in entertainment. They had a uh, Paul F. Tompkins was a writer. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 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 oh, my God. Scott Ackerman mm-hmm. was a writer on there. Um, they had the guy that voiced SpongeBob SquarePants was, a, <laughs> was an actor on there. Um, so, yeah, very influential series. So him going from, and I feel like for a long time he was just kind of comedy and like kind of L.A. comedy scene and then getting uh, the role of Saul in... Uh, Breaking Bad seemed mm-hmm. like his big kind of dramatic turn. Mm-hmm. He still brings some comedy to the role, but I also like that this role has now parlayed into, uh, I believe it's Mr. Nobody or Nobody, the n- new movie that he has. I uh, don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically him doing uh, uh, oh, the Keanu Reeves movie, John Wick. Oh. It's like his John Wick. So okay. apparently he got in great shape for the role and he's just like this kind of stoic badass, but he's like a suburban guy, so he's very unassuming. Uh, perfect role for Bob to play. I still haven't watched it, um, but that's that's on my, my yeah, list. Yeah, I'll watch so, it with you. Yeah, hopefully next week we can talk about uh, Mr. Nobody a little bit or Nobody. Again, I don't remember, but um, yeah, fascinating career. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so... Um, very nice. Yeah. I'm excited for you to finish that, and then you still need to watch El Camino, although yeah. I've heard El Camino's not very good. Yeah, I'm not too excited to watch that one, but yeah. I might be pleasantly surprised. I've heard it's not really necessary viewing for the whole, uh, Breaking Bad <laughs> like franchise. saga. Yeah. yeah. Um, but who knows? Might you have try some good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what all have you been into this week? So... Been into a few things. Uh, there was a game, Persona 5, that came out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got the PS5, they've got some like PS4 classics that you can download for free onto your PS5. And Persona 5 is one of them. And I played it years ago, and I got you know a, a, a decent way in, but I don't think I even made it to the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a JRPG, Japanese role-playing game. Okay. And those traditionally are just super long. Like, like how many hours of playing? Can be over 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so this, this one is no different, but they're, they're role-playing games, so they're very character-based. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of reading, a lot of uh, uh, dialogue that is voice-acted in the game, but uh, it's really fun because uh, I was playing 
Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is another JRPG, but it's based very much in real Japan. Um, mm. Which this one is too, but I'll get into the differences. Um, so Yakuza Like a Dragon, it's almost like photorealistic. Everybody looks like a real human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and it deals with the criminal underground in certain parts of Japan. Okay. Uh, this game, you play as a high schooler who uh, he gets in trouble because he sees somebody assaulting a woman and he goes to defend her and accidentally injures the man and it turns out he's very powerful. Oh, no. So as part of his punishment, his family ships him off to a, a school in another city um, and he's just living with this dude that runs a cafe and... The whole first part of the game is everybody saying like, oh, you're a criminal and you're no good for society. You better stay out of trouble. And <laughs> Even not, the, the whole point was him saving a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of it is just they're trying to kind of show him as being kind of a rebellious spirit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like, I mean, does everybody who makes, I, I wouldn't, even, you know, you could, it's a mistake in that he was convicted of a crime, but mm-hmm. he was defending a woman. It just happened to be the wrong person that he, you know, defended her against. Right. That could actually wield some power and get him in major trouble. But, uh, yeah, I, doubt, I I wouldn't think that everybody in Japan is like that. But, I'm again, I'm sure it's just for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the game then, you go to this new school, but all of a sudden, like, kind of weird stuff starts happening. Like, you get this weird app on your phone that you keep deleting, um, and then all of a sudden, you and another kid are transported to, like, a parallel world to uh, the normal, like, Shibuya, uh, Shinji Academy is where you're going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, God, this game is incredibly hard to explain. <laughs> it just is that uh, very bad... Well, everybody kind of has a, a mask they hide behind. You know, okay. that's that's nothing new, but... In this game... Not literally. I mean... Yes and no. I guess in this world, it is a literal mask. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a very metaphysical world about uh, inner desires and how you see yourself, stuff like that. But Okay. So the first villain you come up against is a volleyball coach at the high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, you come to find out, like, he is very celebrated. He's a gold medalist, an Olympic gold medalist. Um, and he's got a award-winning volleyball team that he's coaching at school uh come to find out that he's abusing the kids physically emotionally sexually uh and the way you find this out is that you're transported to this other world by accident Mm -hmm. and the school becomes a castle and the uh the volleyball coach is the king because this is (sighs) like his inner desire his inner drive is that he is the king um the uh the students student athletes are his slaves uh, either like the the boys are like he physically tortures and they are his slaves and the women he sees as sexual objects. Oh wow. Um even one girl that ends up joining your party, she's uh people say that they're dating, um, and he blackmails her into going on a date with him. Um when she refuses, um it's it's insinuated that he sexually assaults uh her best friend and her best friend tries to kill herself in the oh, real my world. God. So the goal of this first section of the game that I'm in is to, uh, in this castle, there is a treasure. If you can steal the treasure, the treasure basically uh, represents his his 
these evil desires that he has. Mm -hmm. And if you can uh, steal them and destroy the castle, it will erase those desires within the real person, the coach. Mm -hmm. And he'll admit that he's done all this stuff and he'll no longer do it again because he won't have that drive. Um, to commit these horrible crimes and be this terrible person. Okay. Uh, so it's it's pretty goofy. Like, you know, uh, not to cast too broad a net, but a lot of these JRPGs can be very much like that. Like Kingdom Hearts is known for having a almost indecipherable story about love and hearts, and we are all Kingdom Hearts, but Kingdom Hearts is a thing, and then there's Xehanort, <laughs> but then there's another sub-Xehanort, and like this weird shit. And this... This game kind of is part of that that age-old Japanese storytelling tradition of, like, it's just kind of steeped in metaphor and analogy. Um, but it's really fun because as opposed to Yakuza, mm -hmm. where it's very, uh, very realistic in its presentation of its characters in the world, this one goes super goofy. Okay. Um, like, you know, when, the, when you first go into this alternate world... Um, uh, basically this power unlocks within you and then it unlocks within your friends who join your team. And when that happens, uh, all of a sudden, like your body's taken over and you have this mask on your face and they rip it off and it's bloody oh, and it's, yeah, it's really gnarly. Um, but that's how they reveal their, their persona. Persona is like your, your inner being, your personality and it, mm -hmm. it manifests as a, an actual entity that you fight with that you okay. use to combat. Um, so it uh, and once you do that, then their 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 clothes changes too. So like, uh, you play, you know, you're the main character. I'm not gonna say my character's name that I gave it because it's <laughs> juvenile and stupid. That's what they told me. The yeah, other you know what I will say. It. I uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I named my character Tangy Spunk. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with me that day. I apologize to everyone, <laughs> but uh, his code name is Joker. Um, so he's dressed up kind of Matrixy almost, but he's got this really kind of fun uh, mask. And then another guy that you're with, Ryuji, um, his code name is Skull, and he's kind of dressed up like biker guy with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, and he's got the Skull mask. Crazy. Um, and then a girl joins up. Um, shoot, I can't remember her name now. Um, on. Uh, but uh, she gets into this like super sexy red leather cat outfit. <laughs> it's like Catwoman, but it's all red. And of course, you got to have like the center cut out to show the cleavage. Oh my um, gosh! But uh, it's it's super stylistic and fun. And there's a lot of like uh, sexual stuff in it, which is interesting. Like uh, uh, the main character, Tangy Spunk. <laughs> he can, <laughs> he, can uh, he like everybody else has their own persona that they yeah. fight with. Mr. Spunk, he can capture other personas when you're going through like the dungeon or whatever and you fight these these bad personas that are defending the castle, you can if you uh knock them all down in a certain way, you can choose to uh, like recruit them to your team. Oh, okay. Yeah. And one uh I can't remember the name of it, but it's this like kind of weird little goblin-looking guy, but he's got this big horn coming out of his crotch and it's very <laughs> phallic and sexual and yeah, there's some like sexy pixies and succubus and incubus and um which succubus and incubus are these demons that feed off sexual energy. Mm -hmm. Succubus is girl, incubus is guy. Got it. Um so it's yeah, it's a very horny game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's but man, it's 
it's been fun to get back into it because it is just so it's so over the top and so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forgot how good the characters are. Yeah. And you also have a cat that's your friend, <laughs> and his name is Morgana. Morgana. Yeah. It's a fun name. Yeah, it's a good name. So that one's been a good time. Um, I also a while ago I bought the uh, the Adventure Zone comic book box set. It's a series of comics that are based off of a podcast called The Adventure Zone. It's a real play D&D podcast that the McElroy brothers do with their dad. Mm-hmm. And they turn it into comics. And I believe those comics have been very successful. Um, they only sell them in like the, the full collection because um, they're based on the uh, the the runs in their, uh, in their podcast. So like they'll do kind of chapters if you will and that's what the podcast or that's what the comics are based off of Mm -hmm. um and it's really great i wonder if it would be as good if you haven't listened to the podcast but i i think it would i think the characters are really they stand on their own merit like you don't think that you're missing anything because i don't think so uh, i mean of course i think with listening to the podcast there was some kind of in jokes that i got but they're they're lightly sprinkled in. They mm-hmm. do a really good job of fleshing out the characters. You don't need to have listened to the podcast to understand the characters' motivations, what makes gotcha. them tick, their their quirks. Um, really well written. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, Clint, their dad, was kind of, the, I think he took the lead on writing the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, I finished the third one because I got the box set and it was the first three. And uh, I guess a fourth one is uh, in the works. Mm-hmm. So when that comes out, I'm picking it up because it's, yeah, the art's incredible too. Uh, last name is Peach. Pitch. Can you read the second name there? Yeah, P- Peach. P i e t s c h. Yeah, uh, amazing. H-H? I don't know. Amazing coloring, amazing uh, pencil work. It's it's yeah, that one's been a true blast. Very yeah. fun. Yeah. Cool. I uh, I have some mom stories so i wanted to look up like different uh like hero mom stories Mm -hmm. you know um so i found a couple well honey this is a very short you know this isn't a very long podcast and as far as i'm concerned every mom's a hero so i don't know how you're gonna i'll show you instances where they were heroes okay i mean okay like (laughs) you know that mom that gets up at 2 a.m for a feeding but then she's got to get to the office at 6 a.m right that's a hero that's a hero that's a hero to me yep so i'm sorry (laughs) these aren't gonna wow you then (laughs) no they're all gonna wow me (laughs) all moms are heroes um yeah, so uh, I found a couple on Mommyverse, M-A-M-I-verse. Wait, M-A-M? M-A-M, Mom. Mammy? Mammyverse. Mom. I, would th- I would think like, it's my mom, you know, mom, like a Boston mom. Okay, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's how I read it. Fine, I know. fair enough. Mommyverse. Uh, so this one is uh, Hero Mom Loses Legs Saving Kids from Tornado. Oh, dang. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so when a tornado came bearing down on her Indiana home in 2012, mm-hmm. Stephanie Decker knew she had to act fast to save her kids, so she hustled them down to the basement, threw a comforter over them, and shielded them with her own body. Decker's actions saved her children, but at great cost to her. She mm-hmm. lost both her legs when the house exploded from the tornado's force, Whoa. and she was crushed under debris. Her son, uh, Dominic, was a hero, too. He ran to the neighbor's house to get help for his mom, who received immediate medical help. I've never heard of a house wow. exploding from the force of a tornado. 
I mean, I guess that makes sense if it, like, it was such a huge tornado that just, like, ripped through the house. Just tore, tore it, it up, to shreds. like, from the studs. Just, wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, literally everything I know about tornadoes is from the movie Twister, so I'm sure I know very little about tornadoes. Yeah, I mean, we had tornadoes in Iowa growing up. There mm-hmm. was one that, like, kind of ripped through our town uh, going down Main Street, so it was oh, wow. pretty close to our house. Uh, and this one, it was odd. So there's the, the main street that takes you downtown yeah. uh, from all these neighborhoods. And it was almost like the tornado went through the down or down the main street, but then just like little whips would get random houses. So like hmm. a part of it would, you know, send a their tree through their living room. Yeah, and then another yeah. one, you know, the roof would come off. And it was just like, it wasn't a, a full clear its path. It was just random houses got it. It was the craziest thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember usually when we'd get the tornado siren, we'd have to run downstairs. We would go under our stairs. We'd clear out, uh, whatever was in there. And then I think my mom probably put like, um, like a mattress over us or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of hang out. Uh, and then of course my dad being like the adventure goer that he is, he wanted to go out and like chase him, try and find the tornado. I don't know. So for those of you that don't know my wife's husband, uh, husband, father, <laughs> he, uh, he loves to give chase. He does. That's just about every story is, he'll talk about is he was hunting something and then it ran off and he gave chase. He gave chase. So good to know that that is consistent along with horrific forces of nature. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Great. I mean, he, he's an Iowa farm boy. So yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense. You would chase and hunt anything that was around your area. but uh, <laughs> Including tornadoes. Including tornadoes. And of course, wow. I think my mom would be like, Mom, get me <laughs> And he, you know, nothing is a big deal. I mean, th- this is nothing unique because I was scared of everything as a child. But mm-hmm. I remember being very scared of tornadoes. And I think it's because twi- Twister came out when we were kids. Yeah. So I think that was probably a big influence. Um, and I remember uh, my mom and dad moved around quite a bit mm-hmm. after their divorce. But my mom stayed mostly in Loveland. Um, if you're not familiar with Colorado, it's this kind of... It used to be small. I know it's getting pretty big, just south of Fort Collins, um, and it's nestled up against the foothills. Mm-hmm. So if they've ever had a tornado, I don't really know about it. They're not really known for tornadoes, and I think it's because they are so close to those foothills. Yeah. You start getting east away from the foothills and the mountains, that's where they're not even common, but they are more common and more possible as you're getting closer to, like, Kansas. Yeah. Um, so I remember my, my dad, for a while, we lived out kind of in uh, this area, Alt, rural farming community um and yeah i would always ask him like well what if we were driving you know what would we do if there was a tornado he's like well we get out of the car and we go lay down in a ditch and i'd kind of cover you guys up that's what we would like, do oh, too okay. or, or you could find like a an overpass and yep. hide underneath the overpass yeah and now that i think about it it's like well my dad's not gonna be driving us around in the middle of like tornado weather mm-hmm. you know but if um, you're caught in it i i guess sure like you know, you know who knows what could happen but um, yeah, dad was always very level-headed and I was just a little, little worrisome child. Um, but yeah, I remember we did have a tornado out in, uh, Greeley in the town we're living in currently. And also a smaller Windsor. community north of us, Windsor, uh, got hit. Um, there's a state farm, big campus that I used to work at, uh, that got hit. And, you know, when I was working there, people would always talk about it, like the, five year, six year, seven year anniversary, they would talk about, oh yeah, I came out and, you know, 
my car was just destroyed, but my friend's car was in the pond. And wow, yeah, they would talk about that. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, the videos of the tornado going past that branch. And again, tornadoes are scary, guys. They really are. Yeah, yeah. Unless unless you're unless you're Monty. Unless you're Monty, then they're an adventure. (laughs) Yeah, they are a good time. (laughs) Go get that tornado. (laughs) Yes, go get it. Uh, so this next story is called Chinese Mom Saved 30 Children Found Dumped in the Trash. Um, what? Yeah. So, well, okay, this took place in China. So if uh-huh. you don't know, like, uh, let's see. So she died in 2012. Lou, ooh, honey, you might have to help me with this last name. Well, I'm I'm not fluent in... Uh, uh, I believe it, that would be Lou Xiaoying. Xiaoying? Some, something to that effect. That's a fun one. Um, so she died in 2012 at the age of 88, but, uh, yeah, she was a quiet hero in China. So starting in 1972, she began rescuing newborn babies who were abandoned as a result of China's restrictive one child only policy, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if that, is that still in effect? I they don't know. One child? I, I honestly don't know. I, I can't remember if China is having a, now an issue with lack of procreation or if that's japan i think that's japan long way of saying i don't know okay and sometimes i conflate asian communities and i apologize that's very ignorant of me i'm trying to get better gotcha moving on uh so apparently the babies were all left to die in a trash dump near her home jeez so she saved every baby she came across nursed them to health and raised them herself or adopted them out to her friends and other family Mm. she rescued uh, what'd she say? She rescued her 30th baby when she was already 82 years old. That's incredible. That's a lot of babies to rescue. I've, so I'm imagining China probably also has a very strict anti-abortion laws in place. I would assume so. Y- one would assume yeah. because if there is a mandatory one child per family law, then yeah. I'm, but then again, I mean, if they're highly impoverished and if, if abortions are allowed, but they're very cost prohibitive. That Who knows? Be. Regardless, that yeah. that doesn't take away from this woman being incredible. Just taking it upon herself to. I mean, it makes you wonder how many babies she had at once. Like how often she would find these kids out in the dumps. Yeah, I mean, you would hope that she partners up with a nonprofit in China that kind of helps to take care of these these babies, and then she can just like, I found another one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've got them for a while, but somebody. Come yeah. take this child and, you know, make sure they're taken care of. Boy, that's But to have the, the love for other people's kids, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. didn't really say that she had any of her own. I don't know, but yeah, that's, yeah, a, a non-biological mom is pretty wow. cool. Yep. Um, so this one, Oklahoma mom refused chemo to save her unborn child. So when Stacy Krim learned she was pregnant in 2011, she was overjoyed. But when Krim developed cancer early in her pregnancy, she made a decision that would cost her life and save her babies. Mm. Krim refused chemotherapy and became progressively sicker during her pregnancy. Baby Dottie was born at five months old and Krim was able to cradle her baby in her arms only once. Uh, apparently she died three days after Dottie was born. My God. Talking about putting somebody else before yourself. That's beautiful. That's I, crazy. Wow. Wow. I mean, just kind of show goes to show like the, the love of a, a parent in general, but uh-huh. a mom to be like, I've lived my life. I want to be able to give my daughter or yeah. son their life. You that's, know? that's incredible. Crazy. I mean, so brave, so selfless, and just to 
to know like you know i am meant to be a mother Mm -hmm. even if i mean she's always going to be that child's mother but to physically be there with the baby for just you know days right incredible heartbreaking yeah um so this one, Chelsea Lockhart of British Columbia scared off a cougar that attacked her seven-year-old son in their backyard in April of 2019. Oof. So apparently uh, her son was on the ground and the cougar was over him and it was attacking, attached to his arm. Um, she said, I had a mom instinct. I just leapt on it and tried to pry its mouth open. Uh, when she began uh, praying in tongues, the animal ran away. Oh, Interesting, okay. Right? That's, a, that's a turn, <laughs> but sure. Uh, she said, I looked at him and I just thought, oh my God, my kid could die right before my eyes. All you think is, what can you do? What can you do in your own physical strength? To hop on top of a cougar and just to start prying its mouth open. Incredible. I mean, there's like no room for fear in that situation. And like she said, just uh, something took over her. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would argue maternal or, per, or paternal instincts would just like, I, of course, I, I'm, you know whatever willing i'm never in that scenario but i would like to think that thought wouldn't really enter my mind it would just be pure instinct yeah a pure chemical release of adrenaline and endorphins of it is time to protect my offspring yeah not and again not to take anything away from her that's incredible bravery Mm -hmm. uh on her part and to throw in some you know speaking in tongues at the tie or at the at the cougar i'm sure that like threw its game off (laughs) like oh this is new (laughs) Uh, so that I wow, that's crazy, uh, yeah. right? Amazing, it's just truly amazing. Yeah, that's that's just it's nuts. The amount of like mom instinct going into some of these yeah. that I was reading was crazy. You hear about moms like, oh, if she gets that strength to lift a bus off her kid. Yeah, the, the bus can't bite back. You yeah, know? so it's like that's cool and all, but this lady took down a you a know, giant cougar yeah. off her seven-year-old. Ugh. Milf v cougar, milf one. <laughs> Hopefully that's... Uh, I think that's one in the same milk. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I wonder if we could... No, I would have no idea how to delineate the two. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to look into that for next Maybe week. Maybe cougars wear more animal print, and that would be a cougar, whereas a milk is just know a if that matters. sexy mom. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, hey, I'm... Spitball. Yes and me, baby. Play <laughs> along with me. What else? What else? Um, And then I... Well, I have one about... Because as I was like reading through some of these, it reminded me of a story that my grandma told me. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, my aunt and uncle, or my aunt and uncle, my aunt and my dad were not in the house when this happened. Uh, it, but it happened uh, within the last probably 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, where, so it was in the middle of the night. She was actually home alone. I don't remember where my grandpa was. And uh, this, she said, all of a sudden I heard footsteps in the kitchen. And uh, back when she lived in the farm... Any footstep in the kitchen was creaking. I mean, I'm sure you remember. Just It was very creaky, so it was very loud. It's about being an older house. Yeah. Very old, yeah. yeah. Um, so she heard these footsteps, and she's like, I thought it was Grandpa. So I, I called out to him, like, Wayne, is that you? And um, she's like, I didn't get a response. And so she's like, I walk out, and she's in her nighty, you know, and walks out into the kitchen. And she's like, all of a sudden, I just I see this figure, and it's a, um, an adult man standing in our kitchen i have no idea who he is and so uh apparently she smelled alcohol on his breath Mm -hmm. and instead of like freaking out she just like went up to him and was like 
uh, excuse me, I think you're in the wrong, or like, what are you doing in my house? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, he's stumbling and he's like, I'm looking for this party or whatever. And she's like, well, you got the wrong house. Yeah. She's like, so I just kind of escorted him back <laughs> out the front door. It was like, good luck, buddy. Turn, lock the house. Y- yeah. I'm like, you're... Grandma, that could have been like a killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out to get you. You could have been dead. And yet yeah, your instinct was just like, well, this is not the party house. Get out of my house. Like, in grandma form. Your grandma's a, a confident, cool customer. That's, she is. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah. She's very brave. <laughs> There's a... Oh, I believe his last name was Ramirez. Um, guys, if you know about this, this serial killer, I believe he was active in California in the 70s and 80s. Uh, the... Hillsides, I, I don't remember. Anyways, uh, mentally unwell. And his whole thing was um, he would kind of case a house for a while. And if they didn't lock their doors and he could just walk in, mm-hmm. that would, he took that as a sign either from God or from the universe. Like an that, invitation. Yeah, they wanted them to come in and kill them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's, it's a bummer because I grew up without locking doors. And that's I cool. I did too. But guys... I don't know. Now I'd say just go and lock your doors and windows. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, nowadays especially. Worst case scenario, maybe you leave your keys behind and you got to call a locksmith. Better than some mentally unwell person taking mm-hmm. that as an invitation for anything. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, that's... I just... I feel more secure with stuff locked. Yeah. We even got... You know, we've got dogs that are a built-in alert system. Which is, yeah, another good reason to have a dog, because any little noise will mm-hmm. wake him up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that just, like, I just reminded me of that story. And I was like, man, Grandma was brave. <laughs> so. I would have been so scared oh, yeah. to do anything. That would be terrifying. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to go over was I watched on, um, it was a, a movie called Tina. It was basically a documentary, actually, about uh, Tina Turner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they interviewed her and some people around her, um, uh, back when she first came out and her relationship with Ike and things like that. Um, and so they, they went over how, you know, Ike was very abusive. And did you ever watch, like, the Tina, actual, like, the Tina Turner movie? Did that have Angela Bassett in it? Yes. I think I saw, like, the end where she basically told Ike she didn't need him anymore and then she went out and performed. I think that's mm-hmm. all I'd seen. Yeah, and Angela Bassett did, like, an amazing job as Angela Tina Angela Bassett's Turner. the best. She, she, this whole movie is, like... Amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, the, the documentary was really interesting because you could actually, um, she had done interviews like back in the seventies and the eighties that they, they brought up and, Mm. um, you know, old clips of her singing and, and her telling her story and stuff. But, um, it just kind of went over, you know, her abuse from Mike, Mike, Ike. (laughs) Oh, you're close. (laughs) Um, and the the way that she met him, um, which it sounds like she was really young, mm-hmm, um, mm. and just wanted to sing for him, and then that kind of turned into her singing for him almost every gig, and then her falling in love with him and getting together with him, um, and I think she had a couple sons with him, and I guess he had two sons with a, a prior wife. Wait, um, he was married. He before. had. He had. Okay, two sons. I, sorry, I heard she. You probably. So yeah, he had two sons with the, uh, his ex wife, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then he also had. Either one or two sons with Tina. Okay. Or Anna Marie is actually her, her given name. But, mm. um, yeah, to hear her whole abuse story where he, you know, any little thing would, would make him flip a switch and mm-hmm. just start attacking her um, to where 
you know, her sons are old enough to hear the abuse and his, you know, her son would say in the interview, um, you know, there was this one time that I, I really is just like instilled in my brain that, you know, uh, mom and, and I got home and he took her straight into the bedroom and then you just heard the screams and you heard mm. the, the, um, abuse Jeez. and, uh, it's like, there was one time I think, you know, he spilled, uh, burning hot coffee on her, um, and so I, he's like, I, I ran into the room and was trying to get him to stop. And, and mom was saying, you know, I'm fine. It's, everything's fine. Um, he's like, but that from that day on, I just like, I hated the guy, yeah. you know, for yeah. obvious reasons. Of course. Um, but then, you know, he's like, mom would be, you know, taking the physical and mental abuse from Ike. And she'd be gone, like, what did he say? Like eight months out of the year and such. And she'd come home. And when she was home, he said, raising us kids was like her happy time when she mm. could be alone and be just a mom. Then that's when you could tell that she was really happy. And yeah. he's like, she was very strict. You know, we all had to eat at the same time. We would do things at the same time. Um, because she wanted to be able to raise really good kids. Yeah. Um, and then to have the strength to all of a sudden kind of flip her switch and say, you know, what? I'm not taking this anymore. Mm. Like enough is enough. I'm not doing it. And to where if she started to get, hit by Ike, she would hit him back. Wow. You know, and she's like, you know, you're, I'm done with this. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to beat mm -hmm. on me. I'm going to beat you back, you know? And so they would get into like physical altercations all the time. And, uh, they were said, well, when was the time that you, you were just like done with it and you just decided to up and leave. And she said, well, we were driving to the airport and I think Ike had some chocolate that he was eating and he gave me some chocolate that had melted. She's like, and I think I just made the noise of, ugh, because it was melting in her hand. And he took that completely wrong and started smacking her. And so then she, you know, was yelling at him and started smacking him back. Mm -hmm. And uh, to where she's like, we get to um, the airport, they flew somewhere, and then they got to the hotel. And at the hotel, like, she's beaten and bloody like they both are. Jeez. And, uh, you know, they're just getting into their room. And she's like, and then I think things kind of settled down. And I started kind of massaging his head and he fell asleep. And... She's like, and I just kind of grabbed my bag and I left the room. And she's like, I felt like I was going really slow. Like mm -hmm. it just felt like the earth, you know. Um, but I think it was just kind of her her courage and um, bravery yeah. got her to uh, to go, I think, across the freeway to another hotel. Um, and I think she called somebody for help um, to take her to the airport and then um, flew somewhere into where I didn't know where she was and filed for divorce and stuff. But she basically got out of that really abusive relationship. And um, at the uh, divorce hearing, she's like, I didn't want anything more to do with him. So mm -hmm. whatever he wanted, he got. She's like, I gave him everything. He wanted yeah. all the money, all the houses, like all the rights to the music. Just take it. Um, she's like, there was one thing that I told him, you know, that, um, she really wanted, which was the name Tina Turner, mm -hmm. because that was a name that he actually gave her. Um, and she's like, you know, I've, I've built this empire on that name. I want to keep that name. Yeah. So he kind of fought her a little bit on it, but then she ended up, uh, receiving it. So she basically had to start completely over. She had no money to her name. So she was t booking every single gig, gig that she could. She was doing TV time ads, um, movies. I mean, anything that her publicist or whatever could get their hands on her mm -hmm. manager, um, she would take just so that way, cause I think she had to like pay him off in a way. So she was getting the money to pay him off just to get him out of her life. Like Turner. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I, that that would make sense. Or maybe he had some sort of deal where, f- like, from her future gigs for so long, he would get a certain percentage or something. Something. I can't remember what she hmm. said she had to pay off, but okay. it, I think it was funds towards him, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so being able to start over, still be a mom, like, a full-time mom to these kids, and, um, like, her story is just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that just kind of shows you, like... If you want something to change in your life, there are ways to just make it happen. Yeah. You know, and having the courage and the bravery to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess she had um, learned about Buddhism and how, you know, you can manifest um, your own things in your life that you want to, to happen. Mm-hmm. And your future mm-hmm. is not grim if you don't want it to be. And so it's, she's like, you know, since I had some, was it mantras, I guess you could say? Yeah. Some some mantras that she would uh, say out loud or chants um, that helped her get that. that cool. You know. I'm sure, uh, yeah, affirmations. They got a bunch of different names. But mm-hmm. yeah, putting it out in the universe and solidifying in yourself by saying it out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm uh, like, she's a badass mom yeah. right there. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, Action Boys. Um, I think I've talked about it on the show, but it's a... Uh, um, John Gabris and uh, Ryan Stanger and oh darn it I forget the third guy's name hilarious guys they just watch typically like 70s and 80s era action movies mm-hmm. uh, they did Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome which is half of a good movie because mm-hmm. uh, I think they might have changed directors or writers or something Okay. Um, but the first half is Mad Max in Thunderdome um, and uh, Tina Turner uh, runs Thunderdome. Okay. Um, and uh, she's not, she's a bad guy in the movie cause she's kind of, uh, out for herself and an opportunist. But, uh, uh, they were saying that they either read or saw an interview with Tina Turner and she's like, yeah, I know. I really relate to this character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I had to start from scratch and build up my name and build up my success, you know, myself. And I, I believe that Thunderdome happens after her and Ike broke up, which would make sense in the context of she had to start from scratch after giving Ike pretty much everything to get him out of her life. Yeah. Um, So I I thought that was so cool. Uh, And I think most actors, even if you're playing a villain, you find that connection to them so you can get into the character. So that was the connection she found found is, is two very strong women they needed to work harder than everybody else in order to build themselves up and get to a point where they uh, they wanted to be in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I thought that was phenomenal. And, yeah, made me think of that. Uh, you made me just think of that story. And um, I'm starting to get an idea for next week's episode. I won't, I won't talk about it too much. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to start doing some research. Cool. Yeah, on some powerful women. Yeah. So... Love hearing those stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could find endless amounts of like superhero mom stories out mm-hmm. there. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. Do you know of any uh, like ones in, in your life or friend's life that mm. had like a superhero? I have one kind of, uh, well, it's a sad one. but Nothing I can think of with the, off the top of my head. So please, you go ahead. Oh, um, just that I think this was back when I was a kid. There was a, my mom's friend had a baby and they were for some reason out on a boat and it might've been around like fall, winter time, maybe, mm-hmm. um, to where the water was super cold and, um, their baby fell overboard 
so the mom jumped in after him and and got him on the bow and then when the husband grabbed the kid to put him on the boat and then went back to grab the mom to bring her on the boat she was gone jeez so it was like something hypothermia something hit her hard to mm-hmm. where she drowned oh my god yeah super crazy but again it's like that mom instinct of mm-hmm. like i'm got to save my kid i'm not yeah. thinking about myself you just you just do it and, and carry your baby absolutely yeah, unfortunately that that ended really sadly but uh mm-hmm. yeah just goes to show the strength and uh not caring about oneself yeah when yeah. you're a parent absolutely you know but yeah that was all the the main ones that i wanted to go over today because i thought they were pretty cool but that's great yeah short and sweet very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Sweeter than can. Sorry. I was trying to think of something a little bit ago, and I uh-huh. totally forgot what it was, and so I got lost in that, but I'm just going to push past <laughs> it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so typically, this is the point in the podcast where we would kind of say goodbye to most people, and then we would get into spoilers for Marvel stuff, because we're both big Marvel fans. We have nothing uh, on the books for Marvel nothing, yeah. yet. Not until I, June or July, right? Yeah, I was thinking the other day, hopefully I haven't been saying there's nothing on Disney because they're doing that Mighty Ducks series. Mm. Uh, I think they're doing another series. It's, I'm sure it's fine. It's just not something I'm like really interested in. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot and see. Uh, but uh, we are looking forward to Loki, which is going to be the next series coming up on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Uh, that should be in, was that June? I thought it was June, like mid-June. So we might be three, four weeks out, Yeah. give or take, from Loki. So uh, super looking forward to that. But uh, since we're not going to do anything spoilery, I thought I would talk about stuff that I'm interested in and looking forward to on Netflix. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I was actually talking with a buddy about this the other day, but uh, uh, something that I have started digging into... Looking forward to digging in further, especially since they're short episodes. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched, it should be Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, that one's so was good. It Death, Love, and Robots. I, I get Something them confused. Like yeah. Uh, but uh, the first season came out, I don't know, two ish years ago, two, three years ago. Sounds about right. Incredible. Uh, if you ever watched the Animatrix, that uh, movie that came out, uh, I think in between the second and third uh, Matrix movies. Um, it's a bunch of vignettes of different animation styles set in the Matrix universe. This is very much like that, but they're all different universes and uh, these incredible uh, variety of animation styles. Hand-drawn, mm-hmm. fully CG, motion capture. Like for anybody that's a like big... short films. Yeah, animation for... buff, yeah. I, th- I think episodes are like 14 to 17 minutes, give mm-hmm. or take. At least for this new season i haven't gone back and watched the first season again but uh we've watched the first three episodes and damn they're good they are just the first like there's one, like a dark essence about each episode very, very dark yeah the first one's really funny but it is dark mm-hmm. uh, the second one is just uh beautiful and um i like that uh they're looking at different stories different people i believe believe the second one seemed to be like uh, uh, indigenous people kind of centered around it, or at least the animation style made me think that, uh, mm-hmm. granted it was not on Earth, but uh, it had it had that kind of feel of uh, maybe first people or another indigenous kind of people. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was this cool neo-noir Fahrenheit 451 kind of style mm-hmm. uh, uh 
oh, what's that word? Uh, not post-apocalyptic, but dystopian future. Yeah. Of, yeah. A future that was a sad things, one. Yeah, that one was sad. But uh, yeah, loving that so far. Um, I've just been playing so much Persona 5. I, I, you know, I'm going to try and finish that one pretty soon. Like I said, I think it's only got like maybe four or five more episodes. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty short, so I can bust that one out pretty quick. I'll get to feel like you. Yeah. yeah you go through shows quick. <laughs> um, something else. Uh, you know, I, I would say I'm a big anime fan, but then I meet big anime fans. and I'm like, oh, no. Not I'm even not. close. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still mispronounce Naruto. Oh, you're looking at me like yeah. I should know. I don't. Uh, one time your sister almost hit me because I said Naruto. Oh. Like, That's not how you say it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, she's a big, big fan. Yeah. Of anime. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't be mad at me because I'm, my waifu is your sister. Waifu is another word in the oh, okay. Japanese culture. Uh, weeaboo. Turns out I'm, I'm turning into a bit of a weeaboo myself. What is that? Uh, I believe it's a, uh, a Western person that is very into Japanese culture. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, but, uh, so, you know, I, I've watched some anime. I like anime. It's not something that I can't really stick in with those long series just because I think my ADHD kicks in. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I bounce else. to something else very quickly, uh, even if they're incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but Castlevania came out and I believe that is more of a Western style anime. I believe it's, I, I, I think that it's primarily Western. So it may not even be correct for me to call it anime. It may just be an animated series. Mm -hmm. So if I got that wrong, sorry. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I was never a huge Castlevania video game series fan. I liked it. I played some. Mm -hmm. uh, But uh, I I believe it was Warren Ellis um, did kind of, I believe, the creative process for this series. Mm-hmm. A lot of the writing, the visualization of how the what characters are going to use from the video games. Um, man, it has been so good. Uh, they're on their fourth season now, which is the final season. Um, and they it's Netflix, so they just dropped all the episodes. Uh, and I watched like the first episode of that fourth season, and I can't wait to finish it. Um, I don't think I watched all of the third season, but the fourth season did have a very nice recap. Um, first season's only like six episodes, and then the second and third season and fourth season, they get into proper like ten to maybe ten episode arcs. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very funny. It's got a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, gets a little horny at times, so that's fun. <laughs> Everybody can get behind that. Um, yeah, and it's... It's dark. It's sad. Uh, again, great characters. There's there's some stuff that's come up recently, like uh, oh, there was a, a Dragon's Dogma animated series that came out that really sucked. I, I watched a little bit of it, and just like the characters, couldn't give two shits about them. Like they just they, really yeah, they were very rote characters. Um, I watched a bit of the Dota one, which I want to try and watch again because that one actually seemed fun. But again, the character seemed okay not great but this one like i think it's got very memorable very likable characters Mm -hmm. a character doesn't have to be likable for them to be memorable but at least the three main heroes in this castlevania series very likable Mm -hmm. uh some of the vampires they're they're just super memorable very uh, unique characters um i've really been loving that one if you're looking for a an animated series to get into. I think that's a really good one. And it's it's got a, you know, it is a finite series. It's not like uh, 
One Piece, which is an anime series that might still be going on. It's been going on forever. It's not Dragon Ball Z. You know, it's four seasons. Boom. Beginning and you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something I'm looking forward to, because I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm excited for the potential, is uh, this new movie coming out called Army of the Dead. It's starring Dave Bautista. Is it like a zombie movie? It is. Okay. So, in this world, uh, there was a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and the U.S. government decided to basically quarantine Las Vegas. Okay. To keep all the zombies in. They're doing that with, like, freight containers and stuff, and it's just all... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like a no-go zone. It's just infested with zombies. Um, And... Dave Batista's character, he is like a former bank robber or something, and I think, I think it's either a really big criminal or the owner of a casino hires him to go in, sneak into Vegas, uh, break into a vault, and take all the money out. While this whole apocalypse thing is happening. While it, and it's zombie infested. Oh well. Yeah. Uh. So the cast, I I don't know a ton about the cast. There's some German guy in there, but I guess. Uh, uh, Netflix is putting a lot of money behind this one. It sounds like they've already got some prequel series, like an animated series and a prequel movie planned mm, interesting. for this. So they're pretty confident. And it's directed by Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, of course, most recently is known for the Justice League Snyder Cut, which was the four-hour-long epic version <laughs> that he wanted to release. And uh-huh. some people love it, some people hate it. I thought it was an improvement, but... Uh, <sighs> He makes me hate slow motion because I just, I just want to watch this movie and then do something else. Yeah. But instead we've got to watch the slow motion scene for 45 seconds and then there's another chat. I'm not going to get it. It's it's It is a good movie. It just frustrates me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this army of the dead because, uh, Zack Snyder's one of his first movies that really got him on the map, uh, was his, uh, Dawn of the dead, his version of Dawn of the dead. All right. And that was good. Yeah. Uh, first, as far as I know, the first movie that introduced, uh, kind of fast running zombies. Yeah. Um, something else I'm excited about this Army of the Dead movie is that, uh, the zombies are smart. They have weapons. They communicate. Uh, which is a very, uh, George Romero thing. That's a uh, whole nother level of threat. Yeah. So, so George Romero, he made the initial, uh, was it Day of the Dead? Forgive me. I, I know. Uh, the original one came out in the sixties, I believe, um, mm. had a black protagonist, which was like the, one of the first times that had ever happened. Um, it was like the first zombie movie ever okay. made, um, or at least the first American zombie movie. Um, so he is known as like the father of the zombie genre. Uh, he went on and made other zombie movies, day of the dead, land of the dead, night of the dead. Um, and as that series progressed, the zombies got smart. They started carrying weapons. They they evolved as creatures. Interesting. And now wow. this one where these zombies are, they're not just trapped in there. There are some zombies that are actually creating a society. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining trying to find a way to get out of Vegas so they can continue to spread. Um, I, I'm totally down for that. I, it confused the hell out of me as a kid. Because mm-hmm. I just, I knew of zombies as a shambling, eat your brain zombies. Yeah. When they start carrying weapons, I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Anything can make sense because zombies aren't real. Who gives a shit? Right. Have fun with it. Um, and there's a zombie tiger. So that what? looks fun. Yeah. It 
it very well may be very bad, but I I really hope this falls You're into intrigued. The, I hope this falls into the Mortal Kombat camp. Mm. I know objectively that Mortal Kombat is not a good movie, mm-hmm. but it is a fun movie that I really enjoy. I watched it again the other day. Um, I was just a skosh hungover, just had a bit of a headache, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just gonna hang out and watch Mortal Kombat, the new one. Oh, it's. I think it's not as dumb and campy and fun as the first one, but I think it's it's still got that element of fun, mm-hmm. and it, it takes itself seriously, but then there's times it doesn't take itself seriously. Sometimes that tonal shift can freak people out. I loved it. Yeah. I, I just, it was just so much fun. <laughs> and people can hate it. That's cool. Well, and you do a good job of just, like, taking the movie for what it is. I think there's... Sometimes. I, I think guess. the movie, a good movie will tell you how seriously to take this like if yeah if everything is supposed to be you know this is gospel this is how this narrative goes right you were along for the ride you've got to buy in 100 percent, and then they do some goofy shit that's that's where that tonal you know dissonance comes in yeah or if a movie firmly plants its tongue in its cheek and it's like hey come on let's have a good time like, hell yeah <laughs> do weird shit it doesn't have to make sense if i'm having a good time yeah if i'm cramming popcorn in my face and i'm giggling like that's okay if, I mean, uh, granted, Kong versus Godzilla. Again, I don't think it's a good movie, but I do think it's a fun movie, and I think that it's got enough going on that you can forgive that bad guys will travel halfway across the world in like three hours. Yeah, I think. I, I think I need to watch it again, maybe, and just mm-hmm. like block out the. Um... <sighs> My thoughts. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to have a critical mind, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've just like, it's hard for me to just like let it go and just watch it for what it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe because I'm not typically into those type of movies. Yeah. Right. Because obviously with the whole, uh, what movie was it that we watched for the 31 days? Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That one could not make a lick of sense, but it was yeah. a fun movie and I love the songs and I yep. didn't care. And, yep. and you were the one that was like, yeah, this didn't really make a whole lot of, you know, you I still really liked Rocky Horror Picture Show though. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was picking up on some stuff that didn't make sense, mm-hmm. but absolutely at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't care. So if it's a genre that I, I typically like, then mm-hmm. I think it's easier for me just to block it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And I think maybe different genres or different filmmakers require... Require is a soft term because if you don't like a movie or you love a movie, that both are fine. Doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. It's all in the eye of the beholder. It's like but but art, I, it's subjective, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. But I think some filmmakers, if uh, you can kind of learn their language of filmmaking, then mm-hmm. it's easier to let some things slide. Uh, that a, makes sense. A classic example: I got a really good friend named Paul. Very nice guy, very sweet guy, but we have very different tastes in film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to be a total jerk, and I'd give him crap about liking like the first Transformers movie. And the first Transformers movie is, I I don't really like it, but it's, I think it achieves what it set out to do for the most part. Yeah. You know, I will absolutely give it that. May not be my cup of tea, but I think generally speaking. It was a movie for kind of horny boys mm-hmm. that, you know, grew up with Transformers. And now they got Megan Fox and Transformers. It, it kind of did its it did its job. Yeah. Um, but something he would give crap to me about all the time was Drag Me to Hell. 
Oh, yeah, that's an interesting movie. Yeah, and that movie is so couched in Sam Raimi's style of horror comedy mm-hmm. that you would see in uh, Evil Dead 2 mm. and uh, Army of Dead, um, any, basically anything with Ash in it. Mm-hmm. it. It's got that comedic sensibility. Yeah. Um, and I think in Drag Me to Hell, he just really cranks it up. Yeah. And he uses his visual storytelling in a way that if if you're more aware of his type of storytelling, you see like, oh, I totally get that. That's totally his style. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a straight horror movie, this is, it's not it. Because yeah. there's a dancing goat that talks and like, and there's a bunch of <laughs> like silly gore, yeah. over the top stuff that a straight horror movie, it's, it's, it's not going to feel like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But a Sam Raimi horror movie, it does. So again, you know, my friend Paul isn't wrong for saying that's a bad movie. Uh, I just think that we have different expectations of what that movie should be. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't know. That's why, like, a lot of times people talk about, like, oh, the movie should have done this or gone this way. I don't really like that criticism because mm. it's, you you can wish it went a certain way, but you shouldn't say, oh, they should have done this. It would have been more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Somewhat. Well, in a way, when you kind of do something outside of the box, it's kind of free publicity because then you have, well, when you get bad publicity, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. still talking about your film. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And people are like, well, that sounds weird. I want to watch it and figure it out on my own. Yeah. And I guess the one caveat for what I was saying where people are like, oh, it should have gone this way. It's when you can tell that it is a very boring, rote choice Mm. that was probably a network note or producer note or they screen tested the the hell out of this movie and people are like oh i think that i think i should end with a happy ending and then it happens and then you're like well that was kind of boring and then you see a behind the scenes you know or a deleted scene a alternate ending you're like that would have been so much better and it's because they didn't believe you know maybe the 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 people that had all the money didn't believe in the vision right like no we want to go with the more Something that we think will pre please the cl- uh, crowds more, jeez, mm-hmm. and it's you know, it's sometimes it works, but I think most times you can just kind of smell that they they hit the brakes a little too hard instead of punching the gas through the finish line. Yeah. So, long way of saying I don't know if I like Army of the Dead. Yeah. But I like Dave Bautista. He's fun. So there's a chance you yeah. might. Something that was uh, interesting though was. Um, of course, I was just about to talk about her. I knew Tignataro. Mm, Tignataro yeah. plays a pilot in this movie. Okay. Um, and apparently, when the trailer came out, there was a bunch of like thirst tweets going on about Tig. <laughs> She's, I, I believe her pronouns are she/her. Okay. Um, uh, she she is a gay uh, woman, of, as far as I know, mm-hmm. a woman. Um, if I'm getting those pronouns wrong, I apologize. But uh, uh, they brought her in. Her role was actually initially portrayed by Chris D'Elia. Uh, he's a comedian, but he got in trouble recently for, uh, I believe, just some sexually aggressive stuff. Oh, wow. Some allegations of, uh, if, if not assault, maybe just like some shitty behavior. Oh. So they, they cut him out, mm-hmm. and it sounds like Tig like really wasn't with the cast much at all. They just kind of... Like More in. or less green screened her in or just refilm those scenes with her not around the cast. Okay. So, which is a bummer because Tig is so funny. Mm-hmm. She is hilarious. Not having her... I think she's got some scenes with the cast, but I am worried that she's going to die off pretty quick. 
and it's just kind of a I think that the same thing's going to happen to uh, in the new Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy on SNL that I don't really like, but a lot of people Pete find Davidson? sexy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't dislike Pete Davidson. I just find him kind of tiring. Yeah. But a lot of people love him, so it's all good. You think his character's going to die off? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the trailer, you see him once early on. I think he's just kind oh. of stunt casting. Oh, that uh, makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, that might happen to Tig, which hopefully not. Hopefully she has, maybe she just flies around for a while and she just kind of gets to listen to the radio or something. That'd be nice. Uh, Tig needs to be in more stuff. She's the yeah, best. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, she had a really good documentary come out years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. It, it was kind of centered around um, all in the span of like weeks. Her girlfriend broke up with her. Her mom died, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's all about her journey oh, through that. It wasn't like laugh at my pain or anything like that, was it? Was that that might have been her stand-up special. Um, yeah. I, shoot, I don't remember. Guys, look up Tignataro and look up the documentary about her, because it is phenomenal. It is so damn good. She is such a likable, seemingly beautiful human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally easy watch. Like, it just, it hooks oh, it's just, you. It's just Is called it just Tig? Tig? <laughs> of course. Just yeah. Tig. Yeah. Uh, she does a set. Um, I don't think it's at Meltdown. Uh, maybe it's at the old UCB or, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just know of LA venues through, like, the comedy podcast list, too. But she does a stand-up set where she talks about having cancer. And it's mm-hmm. it was a big thing in the comedy community. Like, it kind of blew up. And she blew up because of it. Because she was so vulnerable and real on stage. Yeah. Um, so I think just, I think she kind of oozes authenticity. Um, well, because didn't she, um, after she had a... Uh, Would that be a biopsy? Where they, where they remove your breasts? Mastectomy? Mastectomy, or is that your uterus? Uh, uh, that's a hysterectomy. Okay, yeah, it must so be So I believe it is a mastectomy, yeah. I think after that, yeah, she did do a stand-up, or is that what you're talking about, where she did it shirtless? No, that was a later stand-up, but again, um, her being her true authentic self, mm-hmm. um, not not hiding what's happening in her life. I mean, right? She's she is the definition of like the best kind of stand-up, which is just uh, your true authentic being bringing it to the stage because everybody's got their own story to tell, and she just mm-hmm. does it so damn well. Yeah, yeah. love her. Yes, so fun. So that's some stuff I'm excited for on Netflix. I mean, again, might suck. I know there's some... We'll see. Yeah, anime stuff that I've been into that I've really been enjoying. Of course, Better Call Saul is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You, it's Netflix. You guys know what's going on on Netflix. Yeah. We don't need to <laughs> shill for Netflix. Uh, so thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We will be back next Monday. And then the following Wednesday, we will have a watch all, watch along. Yeah. After this conversation, I've got an idea of what I want to watch for the watch along. Oh, I'm interested we'll to find see. out. We'll bounce some ideas off each other. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for joining us. If you want to tell us about stuff you've been into on Netflix or anything, you can hit us up at lifewellspent at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also get at us on Instagram at life underscore well underscore spent underscore Mm -hmm. and if you want to hit me up on twitter uh, i'm actually going to start posting links to the episodes on there i just realized that the other day i tweet every once in a while like hey our our episode's out and then no no link link. i'm like oh that's that's real dumb that's a bad (laughs) use of the platform 
But if you want to tweet at us, we would love it. You can tweet at us at well underscore Garrett. <laughs> Sorry, that's so dumb. Uh, so thank you guys. We love you all very much. We hope you have uh, an incredible week. Yes. Find your dream and, you know, jump on it and speak tongues to it and pry its mouth and open and tell you you get what you want <laughs> in this life. Love it. All Love right. you guys. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye.